0: Welcome to Policy Today, thoughtful discussion of current issues vital to the future prosperity of Washington State. Produced by the Washington Research Council. My name is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council, and I'm here today with our senior economist and research director, Chris Schobloom, with Emily Makings, our senior research analyst, and with a new member of our staff in our Policy Today group. Mary Strau, who is our communications director and also a research analyst. Welcome, Mary.
1: Thank you, Lou. Thanks, everyone. Good to be here.
0: Pleasure to have you. So, today we are going to talk about uh, the the latest chapter on the pathway to an operating budget, we all hope, and uh, some uh, interesting developments in the last uh, few days. Uh, you know, we started this this saga with the uh, uh, shadow of McCleary and requirements uh, to greatly increase uh, inputs into public education. Uh, we've had a revised revenue forecast that's uh, brought us almost $700 million more million than anyone thought would be uh, on the table for the budget months ago. Uh, at the beginning of the month, the last time there was really public Uh, Comment from the leadership in the House and the Senate, they were about $600 million apart. And uh, in the mix, uh, somewhere here, is a uh, transportation package, the first one that's been uh, put together since 2005, which would raise the gas tax 11 or 12 cents, uh, but would also bring us a bunch of very needed congestion projects and maintenance. Projects. So um, those were, I think, most of the big pieces that uh, lead us up to the last two or three days. Emily, what's going on right now?
2: So on Monday, June 22nd, the House Appropriations Chair, Representative Ross Hunter, uh, proposed a new operating budget um, for 2015 17. And altogether, it would increase the appropriations to $38.2 billion for the biennium. But it's split into two separate bills. So the first bill is House Bill 1106 and that would that's this is the main budget bill. It would appropriate 37.9 billion dollars which is uh, about 700 well 658 million less than the House's June 1st proposal and it's actually also slightly less than the Senate's May 28th proposal. However, the House would also um, enact or proposes House Bill 2269, which appropriates uh, about $341 million in additional funds for the biennium. It also increase increases revenues. So they're saying they'll ha- they have the one budget that d- does not rely on any new funds, and then they have this additional, maybe aspirational um, Three hundred or so million dollars that they would fund through um, through uh, new revenues, which Chris will talk about in a little bit.
0: So, just Emily. So we're we're clear on that. So the lower budget figure is a no new taxes budget coming from the House, right? And uh, the additional three hundred forty one million is the House proposal, actually, which is where there's. Apparently, a difference with the Senate of about three hundred and fifty. Well, there's a
2: difference even in their the the big budget bill, the eleven oh six. There are differences between them and the Senate, but it's very close to the same total number. Um, But yes, and the second one goes above and beyond what they would spend in the bare bones budget according to them. Okay. And so when you add the two proposals together, the Total um, the House would spend about three hundred and sixteen dollars sixteen million dollars more than the Senate, and um, most of the stuff is similar to what the policy items are similar to what 's already been we've already talked about it a, a million times um, but the some of the interesting points of the spending bills are that the house um, it cuts funds for state support for higher ed institutions that are related to the tuition freeze that they would maintain for 2015-17. So it doesn't give them as much money to backfill that the loss of tuition funds. Um, it cuts computer science enrollment funds, funds for the WCU med school, And it also importantly cuts the additional COLA for teachers that the House, that was one of the big differences between the House and the Senate all along. Both the House and the Senate do fund the I 732 COLAs, but the House would provide an additional $150 million for further salary increases.
0: But you're saying that's less than they proposed? At the first part of the month. No. no it is I, uh, the same. That's
2: the amount for the, what the additional coal would cost. In their 1106 bill, they drop it.
0: Got it. Got it. However, it's in this add-on. They
2: pick it up in the add-on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, the, they cut funds in the, in the 1106 budget for early education. And it interestingly, it cuts the funding for debt service for new capital projects, from the main one. And they put that in the in the twenty two sixty-nine version. So if they get more revenues, then I guess we can afford the debt service.
0: So that would impact the transportation.
2: Uh, no, that would take the
3: that means that the capital, the capital budget, budget could not be passed um, without the uh, without the supplement the secondary portion of the operating proposal. So yeah. that's the capital budget is being held hostage here
0: also. Okay, so we might as well just have budget 101 while we're at it, so the capital budget is interrelated with the general fund in terms of debt service. Yes, right. But the transportation budget and capital projects that would come out of transportation, including the debt service element, that is not, they are not related directly to the operating budget? The debt yeah. service
3: portion is not yeah. related okay. to the operating budget, though there may be some funds that uh, could be used for capital purposes that also get captured in the uh, – operating budget okay,
0: so, okay. So, which is why th- what you just stated would directly impact the capital budget right. but not a new transportation package right okay
2: okay uh, so I think that's pretty much the broad strokes um, but there are a number of new revenue issues yes revenue <laughs> issues I guess that's that's in my bailiwick
0: what's going on uh, with the money Chris
2: so um,
3: the uh, as we said, in, in 2269, uh, there's a revenue package, um, a set of, of, as they count them, 10 revenue items, uh, total value for the upcoming biennium of uh, $356 million. Uh, to step most of these items that we see here, we've seen before uh, in a, uh, a revenue bill uh, that uh, – uh, the House Finance Chairman, uh, Reuben Carlisle, um, presented in, to his committee early in the session. Um, that bill was uh, House Bill twenty two twenty-four. to We've written on that. Uh, and that, that package that he presented at that time uh, had, a, call, had a, a revenue gain in the upcoming biennium of uh, just under a billion and a half dollars. Um, two items on that—the two priciest items on that on that uh, in that bill uh, were uh, an in uh, 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 the uh, three tenths of a percent making permanent the uh, uh, the three tenths of a of a percent B and O tax surcharge, which had recently expired, uh, and five um, percent uh, capital gains tax. The the B and O surtax was uh, five hundred twenty three million dollars. The capital gains five hundred seventy million dollars. those two elements are now gone. Um, what, what, what remains are uh, as an extension of the sales tax to bottled water um, a um, uh, elimination of the, um, of the exemption from sales tax for out-of-state residents who come here uh, but that they would be replaced by a, um, a refund. Of sales tax for out-of-state folks. So, so then the guess is that the expectation is that a number of the people who qualify the refund, if it's a relatively small amount, wouldn't apply for it, and, and that will generate about 50 million dollars in additional revenue. Um, there's a B and preferential rate of B and O tax for, for projection. Prescription drug resellers, 33 million, uh, narrowing the use tax exemption uh, for refinery still gas. we don't have the time to talk about the ins and outs of refinery and where, so where they go. But anyway, that, that would generate is projected generate twenty-nine million. Um, repealing the preferential B and O rate for royalty royalty income, thirty-one million. I I, I may have said billion on the uh, on the uh, use tax exemption for extractive fuel. That's twenty-nine million.
0: It's twenty-nine billion uh, and it has to do with gasoline. We might want to yeah. talk about that a little yeah. bit more by um,
3: now. They're dealing with uh, with the real uh, real estate excise. Tax exemption on foreclosed properties. Um, that's uh, projected as $74 million. Uh, some late penalty fee increases, $17 million. Um, some uh, DOR collection improvements uh, from local governments. Um, that's a sp- a um, just an eight billion dollar item, and then and then uh, some items, uh, two items that are related to nexus, which is determining how our taxes, what uh, the extent we can collect taxes from folks that are out of state. Um, and uh, those two items uh, total just about seventy-eight million dollars. So um, those yeah, were I'm those gonna... were those were part. There were there were nexus provisions in the previous bill. These appear to be a bit narrower than the nexus provisions that we had in the, in the in the previous bill.
0: Okay, so when we're talking about nexus, we're talking not. Entirely, but partially about Amazon, and we're talking about internet sales. Yeah, we're a,
3: a large part of it is is related to internet sales, uh, okay. that's out of state sales uh, to customers into the state, uh, where we have not been able to impose the ob- an obligation on the seller to collect sales tax from the buyer and then remit that uh, those payments to the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so the two parts of this, one part deals with just wholesale transactions and really extending people who are wholesaling into the state and getting them to actually actually collecting B&O tax on those people. And then the second part, the, the click-through nexus, is, uh, is about getting um, uh, sales tax collections from people who... Advertise on websites which are where the website provider is located in this state, um, okay. and that's the one. That's the one where, where Amazon might have some uh, get some picked somewhat picked up on.
0: Okay. So that list, at least in general, is the same list we talked about several months ago, but these were the odds and ends and the big ticket items yeah, we, are missing. We,
3: well when we talked about that list, I think we focused primarily on the big ticket items and then and waved our hands at the at the at the small change. And uh-huh. at this point they're they're just trying to suck up some small change.
0: Yeah, well I mean the perspective here, I think, to start out with is that we're talking about roughly a 38 billion dollar budget and a gap of about 350 million dollars yes. between the houses and the parties? Yeah, uh, and although it's,
3: it. it's yeah, there's that gap in the total, and I think I think there's a tendency just to. F- to, to focus on this revenue and and not to go to the the issue that Mary raised, I think, which is that there are a lot of differences in spending priorities here. You know that that this um, uh, and that's going to be there's going to be a lot of contention on that,
0: um, okay, so, so, and so not
3: just the gap.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about that for a minute, uh, Mary Emily. Uh, what's going to happen next, and and what are what are some of the flashpoints?
1: Well, what will happen next is there will uh, be a a vote out of the House Appropriations Committee on these proposals that the Democrats have made. Um, And then on Wednesday, last I heard, legislators were scheduled to come back to Olympia, presumably to start voting on something on the floor in committees. And then I'm sure negotiations behind closed doors will continue. Um, It looked last Friday as though there was considerable alignment between the governor, the House, and the Senate. So we'll see how that goes. Um, In terms of points of contention on where the money goes, I think we'll see... um, Senate Republicans really wanting to pursue their their proposal of reducing tuition at uh, universities and colleges. Of course, the House Democrats have proposed a freeze on tuition um, and have a few different spending priorities of where they'd like to, to, um, to spend money, where they also differ from the Senate Republicans. So, uh, that's one of those things where I imagine that'll all be worked out primarily um, behind the scenes before they come out with an actual spending plan to vote on.
0: Okay. So there's a, there's a couple of related items to all this, and one of them is the McCleary decision and the ongoing compliance uh, monitoring of our legislators. And the other one is this transportation package that we have talked about uh- several times so uh so so how, how do things look uh, from your perspectives right now uh, as far as mccleary and where things are headed we talked about uh, a bill that, that got into some of the details on how to rationalize funds going uh to teachers and the funds going to school districts to pay teachers uh, nobody's gotten very far on figuring out how to realign the taxation part of, of that uh, and then we have the transportation bill, which appears to be going nowhere until these things are resolved. but Any thoughts on that?
1: Um, <clears throat> I think on uh, McCleary, it's going to be tough. Even uh, Senator Dan and Senator Rolfes and the other uh, bipartisan group of senators who presented their plan um, said it was unlikely that that would get passed this session. Um, so I think it's still sort of a guessing game. It remains to be seen how the Supreme Court will react to whatever budget is presumably passed before the um, before the end of the month deadline. Uh, so that's still kind of a great unknown, and much work obviously remains to be done on that. And there are significant differences between the two sides on how we go about... Uh, having the state shoulder all of the burden of basic education. We know, everyone agrees we have to get to that point, but how we get to that point is there's still a lot of differences. Um, and then in terms of the transportation tax package, yeah, that's I mean, it's been reported that that talks are on hold um, until they get an agreement on the operating budget. Um, of course, one significant bone of contention was the looming low-carbon fuel standard. That the governor is expected to um, take action on at some point during the interim. Um, uh, the Senate, of course, uh, wanted the Senate tr- original transportation package included a proviso that should the governor enact a low carbon fuel standard, um, all funds would be taken away from transit and go into the the roads account. So that's that's I mean, that's a huge deal in and of itself. And I am not privy to what's going on behind closed doors. So um, it remains to be seen how how they'll come to an agreement on that, if at all.
0: Sure. So uh, any final thoughts? Well, this has been a very interesting journey, Uh, our our budget uh, and our legislature as a whole this year. So we shall see what happens next. My name is Lou Moore with the Washington Research Council. I'm here today with Chris Showbloom, Emily Makings and Mary Strau, all staffers at the council. And we're so grateful that you joined us. Thank you. Policy Today is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.